All episodes of the Garage Build podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Welcome back to the Garage Built Podcast. Episode 98. We're two away from the big 100. I'm getting stoked. I cannot wait. We've got a lot of stuff going on. This is a fantastic episode. It just a lot of energy. I talked with Greg and Whitney Souza from Souza Cycles in Modesto, California. Hey, this episode of the Garageville Podcast was recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. Call 866-LAW-FRAN and make sure you're following at Fran Hosh Law Group online. SNS Cycles since 1958. SNS Cycles has led the V Twin aftermarket from innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big bore kits for all big twins, sportsters, and MAs to today's must have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit sscycle.com and follow SNS Cycles on social media at sscycle. Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee is located only minutes from the tail of the dragon. Team Dream Rides specializes in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service maintenance, and repair. Visit dreamrides.com or follow Dream Rides Tennessee on Instagram to keep up with all the latest news. The High Seas Rally is setting sail here in a few weeks, October 29th through November 5th. It's the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. Join me and 3,500 of my biker friends as we sail the high seas and visit four Caribbean ports. Follow at High Seas Rally on Instagram and use the code SPEEDMETAL. You'll save 100 bucks on your cabin price. And this year, I'm throwing in that drink card. So the drinks are on us. We're also brought to you by 1620 Workwear, premium made-in-the-USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com. Use that discount code SPEED22 and you're going to save 20% at checkout. Follow at 1620USA on Instagram. That is the biggest discount they offer and it's exclusive to Garage Built Podcast listeners. As I said, episode 98 with Sousa Cycles, Greg and Whitney Sousa. Lots of energy. They're great people to talk to. I can't wait for you to hear all about it. to the Garage Field Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. Hello? Greg. Hey, how's it going? I'm well. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How is Thanks it? In... Oh, no worries, man. No worries. So it's it's Greg, Susan. What's your wife's name? Uh, Whitney. Whitney. Beautiful name. Thank you. So you guys are uh, you guys are in Modesto, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> How are things in Modesto these days? Uh, Still sketchy. I don't know. We don't. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We don't really go out much. Um, I, I usually go to work, and then uh, we just usually work a lot. Yeah, so, that's probably uh, that's probably like uh, there's probably only two kind of people in Modesto anymore. Well, three. There's probably some old people that have lived there since the 50s that don't just can't even 
grasp what's happened to California. And then there's people who don't work at all. And then there's people who work a lot. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually, we grew up in Tracy. So it sounds like you know where we're at. So we, we grew up in Tracy. And then since Tracy got so expensive because it's like the little Bay Area now, uh, we can't afford it really. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible to be in this uh, in this industry for any kind of time and not know some people that uh, are from the Bay Area. And I have a lot of friends that, that are in and around and from from that area. And so uh, I, I am not uh, I've only been there a couple of times, but I, you know, so I'm not like on the ground. I don't know where things are at, but I know where things are at, like on a map and kind of, you know, I know the Bay Area is very different than SoCal and they're it's equally as cool, just a little more laid back in a, in a, in a nice way. It's like the Midwest of the East of the West coast is the only way I know how to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. We're used to the Bay area. Like uh, a lot of like the, uh, yeah, a lot of the bikes and stuff that, uh, we like where that, uh, we base our stuff out of is a definitely like uh, club style Bay, like Bay area bike. Yeah. Well, you know, that was something that, um, we did way back in Detroit. We, we just saw that stuff coming around and this is pre pre SOA. We started, I just got tired of, I mean, I love choppers. Don't get me wrong. I'm always going to be a chopper kid, but I, we, my business partner had a Dyna and we, you know, we had a thunderheader on it and it had tall shocks and it was just like a rolling burnout machine. It was just so much fun to ride. We didn't know that's what we were doing, but that's what we enjoyed riding. And I built a, uh, I had a Kenny boys pro street that had a really big ax tail motor in it. That was a lot of fun. And, and that just kind of lit the fire and, and we just kind of kept going. And now I'm down in Florida. Nice. I actually really like that, that aftermarket FXR style soft tail look. Um, I actually like, I like that nowadays, uh, I think it's like coming around, but like not so much of a, a, a rake on them, but like a D rake, like a 30 degrees, but that style, um, I really, I really like that bike. I actually have a craft tech FXR. That's like a Kenny boy style. Yeah. I saw in your, in your Instagram feed, I, I, I was snooping around doing some little recon there before I talked to you guys tonight to make sure that I, I could, could talk and, and know what the hell I was talking, <laughs> talking about a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so, um, this is a this is a family business. Sousa Cycles is a family business, and and what really struck me was, you know, the name of our podcast is the Garage Built Podcast, and I think that most businesses in our industry, I think of probably ninety five percent of them started in the garage, and they they built from there. And I, and I noticed that, you know, you you've kind of you you left the Harley dealer, you were doing your own thing. And now you're kind of, you decided it's time to open a shop. So tell me about, tell me a little bit about your career and how you guys got involved into the motorcycle industry and, and what led you to make this big decision, this big move. Uh, I, my dad's uh, been into Harley's my whole life. So uh, I probably been on, I started doing the Harley thing when I was a kid and I, I used to ride on the back of his bike probably till up until like I was like 13 years old. Uh, and then I started playing drums. And so up until from like 13 to 18, I didn't really care about Harleys. And then uh, 18 came around, uh, summer of 18 probably, uh, when I graduated high school. Uh, my dad had a lot of parts playing around. He has an 07 Street Glide. And uh, I actually tore into that. I learned from uh, tech articles from Bagger Magazine. And uh, from there, uh, my, my next door neighbor was actually a painter. And so uh, he painted the bike. Uh, we put it all back together. And then uh, I would say about, I was about 20 years old. I went uh, from... Uh, California to Arizona by myself in a car. I uh, went to Phoenix uh, to school. Yeah, I saw that you were a graduate of MMI. That that's a, that's a very good credential. I think that's something that we should talk about. Is that that to me is a great place to start a career. 
Um, but it, it's, it's certainly not the end of, of the learning process, right? I think it's really the beginning when you, when you get that, that certificate and that diploma and you've, you've gone through all that stuff. I think it's really, that's when your career really, really starts. I think that's a very good head start, you know, going and getting what I would consider to be as traditional as of a, a, a of a education as you can in this industry. Yeah, definitely. And that's where I feel like, um, that's where I started was going to MMI. And then from there, I've, I've learned from multiple uh, master techs at different dealerships. And so over my uh, time, I feel like I've learned enough now that I could open up a shop on my own and feel like uh, I've learned from uh, experienced guys and uh, the right way to do things. And so I think at uh, we're about to be 35. And so I think opening up a shop would be uh, like, is like perfect way for me to uh, take my dealership training and uh, all my schooling and uh, take it to, aftermarket world right on well that's good i mean i mean that sounds like a very you're much more sound planning than i think <laughs> than i think i had when i decided to do this it was just kind of like this is what i'm doing hell or high water there wasn't a whole lot of thought going into it so it sounds like you at least have you've got somebody that's that's in your ear to, to be a little more responsible and prudent and i'm assuming that that person is whitney you're right <laughs> yeah, uh, if it wasn't for Whitney, uh, nobody, I wouldn't even probably care about the Harleys, really. Um, she's the one that told me I needed to figure out a career. Before that, I was remodeling homes, and uh, I always worked on them because I said I went to school. Like I said, I went to school when I was younger, and then I started working on, out of my dad's, on my dad's. But, um, yeah, without her, uh, I wouldn't even have really cared. Uh, I was into choppers. I was building uh, like perform like I guess performance style choppers. Then uh, my favorite builder in life is uh, Noise Cycles. Uh, okay, he comes out of Santa Ana, and he started in a single uh, in a duplex as well, and uh, so single car garage. And so from there, he uh, started. He actually won some born freeze, and so uh, that's that's why I look up to him. He's very. I think his story is like very inspiring. Well, everybody has to have like that. I think you need two things, right? You need a muse and a mentor and you really need three things. And, and, you know, I, if, if not for my wife of 28 years, I think I would be a, a complete abject idiot. And I probably still am on paper, but she kind of, you know, she keeps me in, in, in between the gutters on each side of the lane, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I actually, for the, uh, for about five years, um, I didn't drink. Uh, I had a bad drinking problem uh, in my early 20s. And so I went to rehab. And uh, I went to rehab for about six months. When I got out of rehab, uh, I was working at this local bike shop. And uh, that's when I met her. And uh, I, I got right back to doing what I was doing, uh, if not worse. And so um, she told me to kind of, uh, I got I kind of had to figure something out. So I ended up uh, going to like the DUI class and getting it all behind me. And uh, that's when I started working on the dealerships. And uh, yeah, uh, that's, I, I, that's, it seems like it was just yesterday, but it's actually well, like eight years ago now. And so, um, yeah. And then I started designing the side covers. Uh, I, those, yeah, those side covers, I think I've sold over 400 sets of them now. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I, I wanted to commend you for because a lot of people don't have the intestinal fortitude, even if they have their own shop or they start a shop out of their garage, or uh, it's good to have somebody in your corner that pushes you that little, that little extra bit that it takes to, to produce something and give you that confidence that you need. I mean, you know, you've got it, obviously you build a prototype, you put it on your bike, you're riding it around, you know, it works, but you need that one 
that one little key component to, to push you over the edge. And I'm looking at your site and you've got, um, I really like this, the carbon sport fender the, for the, for the early, you've got it for 97 and up touring 41 millis and, and the 49s all the way up to 21 inch wheels. I mean, this is a quality, this is a quality marketed part. I mean, looking at this part, I wouldn't know that this wasn't from, you know, a big company. And you've got another product that is, I'm looking here, I'm going to be spending some money because I have to get the, a set the of the, the well-done mid blocks too. The company who makes that uh, carbon front fender is actually the same company who makes HPI products. Uh, that's why I found it. Uh, or like their carbon. I, I think he's right down the uh, street from them uh, in Indianapolis. Okay. But this is your, this is uh, your product though, is it not? Yes, sir. I ended up, uh, so I got a stock front fender and then I cut it down the middle and I, and I, uh, made it into what it is. And then I, I sent it out to them and then they, uh, mass produce them in carbon fiber prepaid. And then, uh, I'm making a real car. I'm making the side covers right now. Uh, I should have them out in the next, I would say two, three months. Uh, I have a new design coming out that will be made by them as well. Fantastic. And you know, there's not enough companies that, uh, are you familiar with John O'Brien from hardcore cycles? No. So he has something called the small tire bagger build or skinny tire bagger build off that they do in Daytona. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard about that. Yeah. And so, I mean, you would do amazing at that show because there are so many, there has to be over a million of these baggers out there, the small tires, you know, the 97 and ups all the way to, 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 Oh, uh, oh, eight, where they, you know, oh, nine being the first year, the, the bolt on subframe and the wider rear tire. But this stuff is, this is fantastic. Yeah, I, I took mine. Mine started out as a 2000 uh, San Francisco police bike that I got out of the junkyard. And then um, I tore, I, I, I did some things to it. And then uh, that's when I met uh, Victor Modglide 07. And uh, he was kind of like, uh, dude, what are you doing? And so, um, <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. Uh, I didn't know about like cheap parts and whatever. I had no idea. I didn't know this was there was. This, I didn't know there was a fad. I had no idea what I was doing. And so, um, yeah, after I met him, I kind of like learned what this stuff is. And then, uh, yeah, I I didn't like. I had the mismatched wheels. To me, that was not a big deal. Uh, to him, I guess, and other people, that was a big deal. But to me, I, I thought it was just oh well, this is what it is. And now, I mean, now it has Sportster Roadster wheels on it, and. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen a bagger on the road uh, that with a 49 millimeter front end uh, with those wheels on the bagger. No, that's clever. It's clever. And, and I like that, you know, you're, you're very active on social media and you're not, you're not a braggart. you just put your work out there and, you know, I mean, everything's kind of out there for, for, for consumption. And, uh, I think it's awesome. So tell me about moving out of your garage, if that's what you're doing or moving on to having your own shop and, and what that all entails for you. Yeah, uh, so right now we have a, like a little shop already going in our garage. I think I've, uh, I have a full build. I have a full police bike build going. I have a, uh, FXR and, uh, and a couple other bikes as well, uh, that are already, that are, um, just like service work. So, uh, yeah, it's already, it's, I've been busy. I've been turning bikes, uh, since I did this, started thinking about this like three weeks ago. I've been getting a different bike out every day. Uh, it's been, uh, it's been great. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was going to go like this, uh, but, we're going to uh, figure out how to open up a shop. I think it's time. Uh, we've been talking about it for a long time. Uh, people always ask us, why haven't we opened up a shop? And so we always talk about how, no, no, we're not ready. Um, I think it's because more of uh, I just was nervous. And so Whitney told me, uh, yeah, I think it's time that we try. 
And then, uh, but it's not the time. Then I kind of, when I thought about it, uh, really wasn't, it's not the good time of year. So we started telling people what we're doing it out of our garage and everybody seems to be fine. So we actually might move into a different house and just uh, have our garages the shop. I got you. I got you. So, I mean, you know, it is the Garageville podcast. And, and, you know, if you're moving in the correct direction to where you're eventually going to, you know, I think eventually you'll be forced into a situation where, you know, you're going to get a bike that gets in there and, you know, you, you can't, you're going to find that, you know, you're not, you're not able to get the parts that you want to get as fast as you can, or you can get them faster than, than even a customer can. Because the, the internet thing is, is such, is such a, uh, a dynamic thing, right? Like, I don't think everybody really realized how easy it is to get something shipped to your home until we couldn't go anywhere, right? Until there wasn't anywhere to go. And everything sold to the back of the shelves during COVID. So now it's it's like the, everything's opened back up and there's there's these new businesses that are popping up and it's just kind of an exciting time. It's an exciting time to, to open a new business. No, we definitely want to get a storefront. Um, that's our goal to do. We want to find a spot that's ideal for all, the demographic here. We have a lot of people coming from shops around the area, and they haven't been happy with the service. So we're hoping Modesto, but we also like Oakdale area um, because a lot of people ride through there to ride up to Jamestown or Sonora. So we definitely want that, but it's probably going to be after January. Yeah, and and you know what? And that's that's all well and good and that's fine i mean you are in a part of the country that um how how much does it slow down this time of year as far as riding in norcal i mean i don't think it really does slow down too bad until we get a little bit of rain so i think we have until probably january even but for some reason the shops definitely do uh, slow down i did i did not think that like when i first started this getting into this i thought uh, for some reason, I thought people would bring their bikes in for the winter. I know, like that's always how, like my dad's always tore his bike down and to build it during the winter time or whatever. Mm-hmm. So to me, I always thought, no, but it gets slow. Like we lay uh, technicians off; uh, they get laid off during the winter time. But that's more because of the customer's budget for the holidays versus the actual weather, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I've been to four different dealerships, and uh, I don't, I, the, yeah. It's not it's not as good as I thought it would be. So I'm hoping that the uh, like the performance baggers and uh, performance bike building could really help me because uh, that's uh, you know the designing the parts and whatever because like um like right now just I have a lot of work just on this inner fairing of uh, this bike because it's not gonna have a radio or anything mm-hmm. or any gauges really. So all that has to get molded in and so that's time and uh, I like doing stuff like that. So I'm hoping I could get more bikes like that uh, through the winter time. Yeah. And, you know, the, don't discredit, the, you know, looking at your at your uh, at your feed, I know you do a lot of you do a lot of engine work, too, all the way down to the crankshaft. So I, I saw that you have you deal with the same guy I deal with Mike Beelan over at A1. What a great guy. What yeah. a great product he he, he has. And, and it's what a lifesaver that you can. You know, I, my wife calls me a hoarder, but I've, I'm now I look like a genius because I saved all these old shitty beat up stock twin cam crankshafts that I can send to Mike yeah. and have them sitting on the shelf ready to go. <laughs> that that I'm putting together is probably, uh, I just got it out of nothing. I mean, pretty much just scrapped it together. And right now I'm looking at a uh, 130 inch uh, T-Man uh, S, uh, with a uh, screaming eagle head, 64 millimeter. And I just kind of pieced it together. I didn't even think of uh, anything. And that's just a saving part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're going to find here over the next quarter, if you if you stick it out that, you know, over the course of the next 10, 15 years, you're going to you're going to have a, a hoarder room too where you have all of these old parts and you just you you it you have like this weird emotional attachment to it like you've had it so long and you might just use it sometime that I even get mad when someone call like my friends will call me I'm like do you have uh do you have a, an FXR kickstand for a, a, an FXRT I'm like yeah like, yeah. we sell it I'm building a storage I'm building a storage right now because of this. I just that's what I kind of been doing uh, for the last few days. I have been trying to build a storage because uh, all the extra parts. Yeah, yep. And you're gonna find yeah. it. there's gold in there, man. Like, in, and there's something special about going into your hoarder room and pulling something out and blowing the dust off of it on a project that you're working on. There's just this level of pride that you really <laughs> you you can't explain. Yeah. You know, you're like, damn it, I told you. You know. It's it's funny. So Whitney, how did you get how did you get interested in the motorcycle deal? Well, I don't think I had much of a choice though, right? So <laughs> I just kind of said, you know, it makes Greg really happy. He's really an artist at heart, but he needed that balance of the business side too um, to be able to afford this very expensive sport. Yes. So that's where the business side came into it for me. Um, just encouraging him to make it profitable so that he could afford to build these things and have you know, all the nice parts that he really wanted. Plus it gets, you know, gives him a chance to showcase everything that he's made. So are you, how, how, how involved are you in the day to day? Oh, wow. She makes the side covers. Okay. I help with the side covers. I track all of the accounting. Uh, the website is all me. Yeah, I, I answer the customers <laughs> half the time on Instagram. It's half like yesterday me. when you were riding, you were riding to her. She was answering as me. <laughs> She's like, oh, so it was her that says, hey, yeah, my wife and I will be available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's so but people can't tell. So I just I kind of let it fly. And yeah. That's what it is. Well, you know. And it, I work Go ahead. Sorry. As well, so I'm here um, with him when he's working. So I, I'm here all the time. Awesome. I'm very involved. Well, that's good. This is a good way to grow it. So it's a family business so that, you know, th there's always going to be some, some tough times down the road. That's inevitable. And when you have somebody who watches and, and has their, their finger on the pulse, maybe they can kind of divert some of that stuff. But when it does happen and you're not able to divert that, you can say, well, I, you know, we're in this thing together. And, and I can tell you that, you know, that's the one thing that my wife and I have, have stuck to our guns on is that, you know, we'll get through this. We always do. And, you know, next time we will next time too. So it's just, if you don't have any quit in you and you, and you just keep pressing forward and be positive about it, sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, we really enjoy it. And, you know, we really didn't want to make money, actually, in the beginning. It was more about just wanting to have these baggers look cool for um, Greg's really into the chopper style. And they didn't have, it was right at the beginning of all the changes where all those parts were coming out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was kind of on, kind of on accident that he got into creating parts and side of it. I have a set of side covers that uh, you'll, you can see it on my white bike. Uh, it has the one with like the molded fairing, uh, like the windshield and stuff. Um, yep. Those covers are actually started with tape and Bondo uh, that I, uh, I, I probably have 50 hours into those things and uh, they just never worked out. Uh, and so they just kind of just hang on the wall now. To remind you. <laughs> And so I have, I have multiple things like that, that I've tried to make work for these bikes. It just, 
And so when I, when people talk about like money and all this stuff and all I can think about is how much money I've tossed in the trash of just trying to learn. And, uh, and, but I'm thankful for it now because, um, now like I could do pretty much all aspects of these Harleys other than like the painting and stuff like that. But, um, molding and doing like the metal work and part of it and a lot of the stuff like that, uh, I, I could do a lot of it with like the styles that I'm into. No, that's fantastic. And you know what, uh, you have to be able to throw away something that isn't working and start over anew. And it, you leave that hanging on the wall there to remind you to keep going because the next best idea is behind several mistakes. I think it was Thomas Edison that said that I, I, I didn't fail a thousand times. I, I it, uh, you know, it took a thousand times to, to succeed or it was something of that nature, you know, that, that FXRT bracket. So I actually, uh, like I live in a duplex. Um, I've been, I've been here. Like I said, when I got, a, I got, I, we lived Whitney got this home for us when I was getting out of rehab still just, I had nothing. I didn't even have a screwdriver. Um, I had, to, I got some, uh, snap on tools off the, tr- off the truck when I was working at the shop. And then when I quit that shop because we were doing drugs and everything else, uh, to kind of move forward with Whitney, uh, they didn't let me take any of the tools. So we literally, when we moved into this, uh, we had nothing. And so, uh, when we started from there, uh, we just, uh, went up and, uh, now we have, uh, the big, snap-on toolboxes, so snap-on tools. And, I think you want to talk about the bracket, though. Yeah, and so from there, we kind of, uh, but from there, we kind of learned that um, I how to design. So once I, once I kind of got my tools in order uh, and my bike, I was able to get back into the designing of uh, really, like, um, so my bracket, my bracket didn't work. My bracket didn't work at all. You couldn't even put the headlight in it. And so, um, that bracket, I think I put like $600 into making it the first time. Uh, it didn't work. And so uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think it took me four tries. Uh, and now that bracket fits 97 to 2022. It is um, a beautiful piece of work. Yeah. And it really is. I was, I was marveling at it in the, on, on your Instagram feed that, you know, the, all of the, all of the work that you did on it. It's very clever. It's very nice. Very nice. We sent a set of side covers out to Greece. I think it cost us almost $3,000 and um, multiple months, and it just didn't turn out. And that's when I learned what a uh, hand lay and wet lay or whatever and pre-preg is. And so, uh, yeah, I've just, it's been, it's, it's been a journey. It's definitely been a journey. And waiting, I, I think, for where we're at today, I'm, I think all the hard times really are behind us. I think dealing with our customers, we actually enjoy it uh, on Sunday. Um, we had a customer call me when we were at the Harley dealership getting uh, parts for a different bike, just needing some forks rebuilt off the bike. He comes over and he sits with Whitney and I as we uh, do his forks real quick. And we really don't do that, like let people sit around. But by the time he's done with it, he's like, man, I really enjoy like watching you guys work together, like my wife and I. Da, da, da. So for what it is, I really, I really love having Whitney around with these Harleys. Yeah, I mean that was something that I, you know, I'm we're we're a three generation shop here at Cycle Stop USA, and uh, it was my dad, myself, and then now my daughter, and I, I, I really, I think working with family. People say don't work with family, right? They say don't talk religion, don't talk politics, and don't work with family. And, and I, I think all of that stuff can be managed and and make things better, right? Uh, if you learn to work with family, you don't have to worry really about them not doing what they're supposed to do and they roll their sleeves up 
and they're right there with you and they help you take care of stuff. And, you know, as far as the other things, you know, I think we should listen to understand more and rather than listening to respond and that fixes the other two things. But having a family business is amazing. Whitney, tell me a little bit about your background. Oh, well, Greg and I both grew up in Tracy. So that's how we met. We met through our friends who were married. So Greg's best friend was married to my best friend. Um, I grew up just, you know, country girl. My family had horses. My we, we rode dirt bikes. Uh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> we rode dirt bikes as a kid. Since she was 18 years old. Yeah. So, you know, I've been around the motorcycle scene. My brother rides and then I met Greg and I'm like, where's your bike? <laughs> so he got one. He got one, and then we've just been doing this together ever since. You know, it really keeps his mind right, and he loves this stuff. As an alcoholic, I really couldn't like keep the bike, so I would like put it together, kind of, and then I'd sell them for next to nothing. I really just try to help him channel his passion because he's just very passionate. It could come off to some people as I don't know abrasive sometimes. So I try to soften him a bit, but. You know he loves it, and I love doing this stuff together with him. And so, what are your what do you, what are your what are your goals for you and Greg? What do you see? Where do you see Sousa Cycles going? Uh, more parts. We would definitely want to shop, and you know, just continuing to grow in the parts business. Um, he has a lot of ideas that just needs to be put to paper. Um, and just now that he's not commuting the four hours a day to the Folsom dealership, he was commuting two hours each way. Um, and that was, you know, taking up the majority of his time and we were getting behind on parts and all of that. So I think just having him home, being able to get everything out on time, he'll also be able to have that, those four hours a day to create and make more things. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. You know, the M8 bagger build we're working on. So that's where the new side covers are going to come into play. And, um, I think those are going to be really exciting because a lot of people, I think, discredit his side covers because they're modified from the stock look but that's really just because that's what a lot of people wanted they wanted it to flow with the body lines and that's what we did because people asked for it not because we thought oh wow this is the best product like greg said we started with nothing we didn't have money like that so we made what we could and people buy it that's so it's so amazing to hear hear you say there's a couple things you really said that struck me and i and i have to i have to stop for a second and, and and go back a minute you know it seems to me that people in California <clears throat> have this, and they don't even, I don't even think you're made aware of it, is this challenge that you have. You live in what most people consider a paradise, one of the most beautiful states in the country. And there's so many great things that have happened and do happen and in California, but you have such challenges where it's home ownership is yeah. something that is very difficult. And a lot of people just don't even consider it. And the commute, everyone I know that lives in California, whether it be Southern California or Northern California, the commute that you guys are willing to put up with is just unbelievable to me. And it just, it, uh, man, I give my, I, I just have to give a lot of credit where credit's due to being able to be that dedicated to your craft to where you could spend four hours a day commuting, you know, two and two. Yeah. It's just amazing. And then I'll come home, I'll come home and do side covers every day. So I'm assuming, like you said, go ahead. Like you said, just enough to get by in California. You can't really yeah, buy a house. Like, you can't really do much. All it does is help me uh, with 
build these bikes more or, or pay for the tools. Right. Well, then I think that's where some of the ingenuity that, you know, it's tough to argue um, that most really cool things, um, even if, even if they were invented somewhere else, they were made cool in California. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's pretty hard to argue against that. Right. I mean, you know, drag racing arguably started in Detroit when two people had cars and raced to the next light, but man, the things they did in the, in the fifties and sixties and seventies in Southern California and Northern California really made drag racing really cool right you know and the same thing can be said for the motorcycles harleys were designed and invented and built in wisconsin but man it was the is the norcal guys that made the the bay area bikes cool and the socal guys that made the choppers really cool so you guys have some you have a weird i not a weird let me that's a pejorative term that i shouldn't use but you have a very interesting um lens to look at the world of what we do for a living through and there's so many different like every like race has their own style here and i love it like and i mean i i enjoy it all like right now i think i have three different styles in my garage that's true yeah you know you have you know you have the the vehicle style right and then you have this the urban street race style that's you know these guys these guys drag race these baggers down in socal uh, in compton right. and watson stuff with the big wheels and they're not going to hear you say that they can't run a big wheel and tall bars and drag race and it's it's just amazing to me you know that like it runs the gamut and then you come to florida and everything's just get back whips and uh maybe big wheel baggers, you know, it's just the performance thing is really just starting to get going here in Florida. I like Florida. I, uh, that's the one thing I wish I could do is go to the Daytona bike week thing. I, I like, I think I, uh, that's like something on my list as I get older. Well, I have to tell you your product line. If you had your product with you and set up at the, it's at the, the hardcore show, it would more than pay for your, for your trip here. You have some really fantastic product. I mean, your FXR, touring fairing bracket no one knows about no one over here knows about these because if they did what's that i've only i've probably only sold like 10 of them no maybe 15 that's not true he doesn't know about how many orders he <laughs> <has very> many. <laughs> whitney whitney how many let's find out greg greg let whitney tell us how many has he sold i'd have to reconcile it but greg's welded 15 of them i can tell you that greg just started welding them together before that we had a fabricator welding them so he probably doesn't really realize how many can't be more than 40. he's welded yeah there's probably about 40 i'd say and i would say maybe 10 on the road but he no there's more than 40 i'll have to get you the exact numbers i'll look at it well, we just we're, we'll go to Whitney for all of the uh, all of the number side of things. I told him yesterday. He keeps on saying I've sold over three hundred side covers, and I'm like, I think you've been saying that for at least a year. So we got to change the number. Yeah, you're, between between your side cover, your weld on mid mounts, your front fender, and this bracket, you need to step up your manufacturing quantities because I yeah, think that this is going to explode. I don't know. I don't. I don't tell anything as much as i wish i mean no we do so the last the last brackets that he's made it, he made on his own so i think that's what he's counting up but we didn't we have not even marketed the fxrt bracket at all and we've sold 15 in the past three months well we're gonna so pump it up here on the on the podcast <laughs> you're gonna get a few orders go. out of that <laughs> and so so it starts with the, i started with the rwd and then i ended up cutting up the stock bracket and that's uh what i got and 
Yeah, it fits from 97 to 2022. Uh, it comes with all the directions. Uh, it's powder coated. It's TIG welded. It's lightweight. Um, it's very, it's quality. Uh, I've, I've seen them on both uh, frames. I've seen it on the new, I've actually ridden uh, the old frame and the new frame. And uh, it's very, it's sturdy. It's very sturdy. And the where positions like the airflow and everything is right above the head. Uh, I think it's a great, I think it's a great bracket for what it is. It really is. Well, it's fantastic. The fairing does have to get trimmed. So we do like to disclose that on the website that it does need to be trimmed in the lower portion yeah, and through the, the vent. can't be on it. So that can be a deterrent too, because guys don't want to hack into their fairing, especially if it's already painted. But you know, we did. hey that's what masking tape is for masking tape and a dremel (laughs) masking tape and a little bit of time yeah so greg tell me a little bit about you've been you said you've been with four different harley dealers yes sir uh i can't seem to uh i don't really like i don't know the harley stuff kind of the bolting the stuff on kind of gets uh bored sure i kind of get bored and so uh I was, I thought like, um, I could go like somewhere else and it'd be better. And it just, it's all pretty much the same. Uh, I don't really, and truthfully, truthfully, uh, all the guys around the Harleys, they, I can't stand, oh, my build, my build. And it's like, uh, I mean, we all buy the parts and we put them on the bike. And so, uh, I don't, I just think, uh, I don't know. When I went to MMI, when I was, when I was young, I saw the same thing. And uh, so I kind of don't, I don't really fit in much. Yeah. I think uh, it's a cultural guys. thing we could say, right. We could safely say that culturally uh, the, 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 the idea around the dealership is very, very factory centric. Um, it's very linear. And, you know, I, I employed a guy one time that came from the dealership. He was a service manager at a Harley store in Sylvania, Ohio. Very talented guy. Super, super well, you know, learn, learned guy. Had been in the industry for a very long since this. I, I hired him in 2007 or eight, I think. And, and uh, he had started in 69. So he had been, you know, around the world as they would say, as far as the way the Harley thing went from, you know, being independent shops to dealerships that were more of an independent shop than what a dealership is these days to full-blown corporate, you know, uh, not quite suit and tie, but, you know, very, very dressed down, very, very sublime, very take a part off, put a part on kind of thing. And yeah, that term build gets thrown away, thrown, thrown around a bit much for, for my liking too. I, I feel like it's not really a build if you're changing parts and I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. I'm just saying like, you know, a build right. to me, a builder is somebody you lock in a room with a welder, a bunch of parts some right. hardware and two tires and, and they ride a motorcycle out the other side. So there's, there's not as many people that can do that as what they say they are. That's exactly what Greg thinks. Yeah. And I mean, I, I enjoyed what I learned. I definitely am thankful for what I learned because now I feel like I could open up a service shop and make money at it. Yeah. Well, if you don't learn something from every situation that you're in, then you're not growing. Right. And so you've, you've got to, you, you do have to grow as much as you, as you possibly can and, and take in all that input as data and, and you move on to, you move on to the next, uh, the next thing, whatever, whatever that is, you know, right now, welding, I'm trying to get better at the welding. Well, 
from looking at what you have going on here, I mean, I think these things are, I would expect that you're going to see uh, a quite a, quite a push in that bracket because I happen to know that there's a lot of people that don't know that you have this bracket and they want to use these fairings, but they want it to fit the way that you have this fit in here. And this is a really yeah, nice looking product. All the directions, but the directions have pictures, detailed directions, where to cut. Um, it's very, very simple very easy I, I just wish more people uh knew about it uh, they just don't and uh, i i mean i hope pe more people do we're so grateful for you having us yeah, and showcasing really our part Oh, no worries. No, I wanted it when I saw that you guys were, you know, I, I, like I said, I champion anybody that, that is, that is doing things in this industry. And, you know, there's so many people that are around your age group, you know, from the mid thirties up to the mid forties now, and that haven't, they haven't been doing this their whole lives, but they've been doing this for, you know, every day, day in, day out, you know, they, they eat, sleep, everything they do right. is motorcycles and so i like to i like to cast a light on those folks i mean you know there's chris and, and becca rang in uh, in gillette wyoming that are another family team that do this and you have jeff and maggie holt that promote all of us and make sure that we all have good events to go to and you know there's just so much really really cool stuff going on right now that you know sometimes people get lost in their own uh in their own instagram feed and every once in a while, you've got to introduce something new. Otherwise, you end up in an echo chamber, right? Yeah, so we were talking about A1 Mike earlier. So I have a great story about A1, uh, so how I met him. So um, I, didn't have, I didn't have Instagram yet when I finished that white bike. And like I said, that white bike, I made the side covers from scratch. I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I, I felt like I poured like my whole everything i had into that bike and so i put it on in, i put it on the uh social media of facebook and i got nothing but bad comments of saying why would you do that fake fxr and uh mike beeland um came on there saying you guys don't even know what you guys are talking about this is the next thing and da da da, da. and so fast forward now mike's new road king he actually reached out to me and uh put my bracket on his road king yeah, you know, it's there are good people in this industry. And you know what? I'm so like, I'm pretty heavily entrenched in, in the FXR community. But before I was in that community, man, the people, if it didn't have a triangle on it and it wasn't proper, they want to overcorrect. And it's like, man, you guys can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> you yeah, know? we're at, we have a lot. We're, we're like in the 20, like I'm in the 209, so I have a lot of the uh, like John Jessup comes from here, so a lot of FXR guys are around here. One of my best friends. Yeah. Yep. He's a good yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, he has. He's uh, he's always been a good uh, guy for the community around here, definitely. Yeah, he's uh, he's actually coming here this weekend. Uh, my my youngest daughter, who works here at the shop with me, um, she's getting married, and so John and his wife are are coming in for that, but. Yeah, and he spends, you know, most of his time in Tennessee now, but, uh, you know, his brother Tom still runs Team Dream Rides over there in Stockton, and uh, they do a hell of a business, and, and they're a great family. And, you know, there's just another, it's another group of people, like I say, that the, the West Coast has so many gems, and I feel like things get lost in the ethos sometimes because there isn't a solid conduit from east to west that you know we're all trying to do this thing together we're all trying to do this thing at the highest level possible and and turn out some really bitching stuff and you know i just you're very creative and uh very understated on your uh on your on your instagram feed and i like how excited you are too <laughs> i appreciate it. yeah a lot some people say uh yeah they're like are you a tip dick and you know, whatever else <laughs> 
I'm just like, dude, I'm excited. Like, yeah, I get, yeah, I guess I'm passionate. I'm very passionate for this stuff. I didn't realize it, but uh, it keeps my brain on. I, I really, I don't want to, I don't want to be like how I was, and I, most people don't. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I like where these Harleys are getting us. Uh, well, like you said about the uh, west, east to west thing, whatever. Um, I didn't know that. I, I actually did not know that. Um, that was a thing, and uh, but it totally is a thing. And uh, yeah, I used to get, I used to wake up to bad instagram messages like people hating uh just because we were trying to do stuff hey man you know uh the people that are th that are the outliers i don't know if you've ever read that book outliers from malcolm gladwell uh but it is a great book and it's something that i would recommend that you would read because you the things that you're doing are visionary i mean you're 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 solving problems for yourself but you're thinking further than just your bike and you're like, hey, look, I can do this. I can make this happen. I can produce this for other people. And it's all affordable stuff and it's all really, really nice looking stuff. I did not know that you had, you know, that anybody produced a fender for the front. I did not know that anybody produced a bracket because if you look at some of the stuff online, one of the complaints about the RWD fairing is that, I don't know if you know this or not, but like they'll sell the fairing at drag, but they don't sell the bracket. You got to get the bracket direct right. from them. Right, that's, so you're what, already making two purchases anyways. Mm-hmm, exactly. So that's what we tell our customer. We, that's what I just, uh, it's pretty cool. It's only like 700 some bucks, too. So, uh, yeah, I, that's what I tell them. And then they're saving money, actually, as well, because they don't have to purchase their bracket. And uh, it's much, it's much lighter weight. Like, it's, it's, I don't even know. I haven't really checked out how much weight loss you're losing. But, I mean, that's what these guys are doing into the performance, you know, putting these carbon fiber and whatnot. And so, um, it's as light, it's as lightweight and solid as I could definitely, as it could go on these Harley. Yeah. And, and you, three, know, you can get anywhere you can save point, weight is great. Right. And there's a three point mounting system. It's not just the bracket on the front. There's actually two, uh, I actually designed that there's two standoffs on the side that go off the tank. And I, and I, I provide a, a rubber washer that goes in between the mount and the tank. How long did so it take you, you to engineer that? A couple tries, but I have a I have a fabricator that's really he designs turbos for diesels that I ended up meeting uh, like five years ago or something. And he's uh he's actually uh, but no I guess no I guess I, I give people all this credit, but in reality uh, I, it's my brain. Greg it, made the prototype bracket and then he puts it in the computer using the parts. And then I see made. what where it went wrong, kinda, and then I you know and I took and adjusted, but it took a couple tries. I don't know probably. Three or four tries, probably, of uh, mass produced. Like, even we're still actually getting a little bit of flaws out of them still today. So, you have on there, uh, so one of the pictures on your Instagram is uh, a SolidWorks CAD program that looks like it's that fairing bracket. So, that's what we're talking about there, right? You're you're doing it, you're having somebody do it in SolidWorks, and then you're making a prototype, Correct. you're test, right, testing it, and, and, and going from there. That's, that's great. That's the way things are supposed to be done. Like, you know, you have, you can stand behind a product like that when you, when you put that kind of work into it and engage people that know about metallurgy and you know, what's going to break and you know, they've, they've got some experience here enlisting the help of quality, you know, quality people. It's kind of like being a GC of, of building a house, but you're, you're building, you're building a part. Yeah. So like my mid controls, those are all designed off the, like the whole right side, the brake part of uh, holding the master cylinder. It's all, uh, it's all like a floating uh, and it's all one bracket floating. And uh, he designed all that. Uh, my rear 
bracket is actually a front uh, XR1200 uh, caliper, and he designed uh, the left. He didn't design anything. What? <laughs> Greg makes it in cardboard or metal or whatever is needed. Well, he designs it on the computer. And then he enters it into the CAD program. That's all he does. But yeah, he the does design. the in, you do the, the design and the engineering, and he does the he does the math side of it. But it looks really great. Exactly. That's awesome. Like to fit the uh, the Sportster wheels, like because the front is a much narrower on a Sportster wheel. So um, I reached out to Vulcan Engineering, and I had to do all the math. Uh, I got a stock hub uh, bagger wheel. And then I had to do all the math, uh, and then he made me the spacers. And now I don't have to know have no uh, spaces or anything. Everything just bolts right up from the hub. No, oh, that's rad. That's another thing too. I, I just had a gentleman uh, in the shop today that is from California, just moved here to Lakeland, Florida, and he had brought a set of those Sportster Roadster wheels in, and he's putting them on. Uh, I believe he's got them on a Dyna. But he's from so he's from yeah. down in SoCal. That is they bolt up pretty easy. That is they bolt up pretty easy. The bagger not so much. Right. Yeah, I, I, I both of them set on a dyno, pretty simple, uh, not so easy on the bagger. So what is your what is your main area of expertise? If someone said, well, you know, tell me about Sousa cycles in an elevator speech, which is, you know, you know, kind of like a, a 30 second ride up an elevator shaft with somebody. And they're like, oh, Sousa cycles, what do you do? Uh, it keeps me out of the bars. <laughs> keeps me from being a... A what's, your main, bum. what's your favorite thing? Uh, I don't even know. Truthfully, um, like I said, uh, I don't even know if I really love them that much. I just know it keeps me out of uh, getting in trouble. Because for the last three years or so, uh, I've just been right back into doing what I was doing. I was kind of just uh, going to work, getting off, getting off work, go to the bar. And then, um, yeah, I'd say two years of that. And now Whitney's had enough of it. And so I'm trying to get back into why I really do like these, like really love these motorcycles and building, building them and creating. So, um, I don't know. I get the same pleasure out of doing a, like building a house, like, uh, redesigning like a kitchen or a bathroom. It's the same thing. I guess I, I like it. So it's, it's the, it's the, it sounds to me like where you really do your best work and where you really get creative is when you can do a deep dive in your own brain and kind of pull solve a problem and create some sort of art at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. I wake up in the morning before I've even had a drop of coffee and Greg already has his ideas ready to tell me for the day <laughs> immediately, whatever he thought of over the night, whatever he's going to do. Like most recently, this is new bagger build. He's thinking about, you know, the next part he's going to get, what kind of cam he's going to put in, what, what kind of part needs to be edited to be better. And then can we market it? type of thing so he has some new ideas coming up do you ever have Whitney do you ever have to get slow him down oh I try but I can't I just it, it actually gets worse if you try to th slow him down <laughs> 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 I just have to let him let it out a little bit and then you know he has so many he's an artist and I'm more business so I just try to we balance each other out because I'm kind of more uptight than he is well, I think that's that's the case in pretty much any relationship, right? It's yeah, any motorcycle-based relationship. The guy is usually <laughs> a, a loose cannon in some way, shape, or form. And if we didn't have a, a professional handler, i.e. a wife or mm -hmm. significant other, then we would end up making a lot more bad decisions than, than what we can make. Greg, what time what time of day do you normally start your workday? Walk me through kind of like your workday, what, you know, what happens. So before I was uh, getting up at six and I was leaving the house at seven, uh, getting to work at about eight thirty nine, and then uh, starting there and then leaving there at six 
uh, getting home about eight and then working till about nine thirty ten. But now, and then, um, and now, uh, I try to do the same thing. I try to, I try to start at eight, uh, eight to five. Uh, seven days a week right now. So that doesn't work because people come to our house past five. Yeah, I, I deal with guys nine o'clock at night sometimes. Well, yeah, We've I mean, having- you have all this extra time that you used to used to sit and, and drive. What did you do during their drive time? Uh, podcast or just you think about how uh, what I what I wish I was. I, usually, I'm just a procrastinator about. I wish I was getting all these people's work done, uh, like my website orders or whatever, and then. Um, by the time I got home or whatever, sometimes uh, I didn't want to do anything. And so, uh, yeah, I felt like sometimes, but I, I, I get stuff done. I just feel like I was thinking about it all the time. So that's why I'm glad I, I don't have to deal with it no more. <laughs> Whitney, you have your hands full. I do. You're right. I'm just getting started, really. I haven't even been doing this very long, truthfully. I, I, think, I don't think I've been doing this for eight years. Well, I mean, that's long enough that eight years, you know, you've got your, you, you've, you're just about got your 10,000 hours in. Right. And so that's when you, you know, when you're considered to be, you know, adept enough to where you can solve other people's problems, not just yours. I think that that's probably kind of the, the, my definition of a professional or an expert is somebody that does it professionally and, uh, and gets paid for it and solves other people's problems, not just their own. I think there's some value in that. Yeah, almost. Uh, I would say for the last two dealerships, I've been at the Master Tech. Always asking, Greg, why don't you do your own thing? Greg, why aren't you on your own? And like, because they know, know, like, because I like the bike building and stuff. And so they're just like, they've always asked me. They always ask me. And so it's just like, I didn't. I don't think a Master Tech or somebody that's been doing this for a long time would tell somebody, "Hey, I think you're ready" or whatever. If you're not ready, you know. No, I don't think they would do that. I think that would be, uh, that would be. Uh, sabotaging somebody that that you you know you you'd hopefully care about if you're working with somebody but you know in your dealership when your dealership days did you feel that there was a ceiling the ceiling was too low or did you just feel that you know hey I, i'm kind of i'm I, I just i don't like the pace here you know, what, you know what's crazy to me is um i watched the uh porter uh go from uh washing bike and uh to gathering up some tools in a toolbox to making the same hourly wages me and the master and the master tech. There you go. So you hit on something that, that I, that happened to me very early on in my career. And I was like, okay, or my life as a, as an adult. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to, uh, I, I, there's a, I, I can't only make, you know, the guys that had been there 10, 15, 20 years were only making a couple dollars more an hour than me. I was like, okay, this is not going to happen. They, they actually were making the exact same as me. And with, um, cause there was going so much, there was, uh, management changes going on, right. uh, that finally the master tech was able to speak up and only get a dollar more. Yeah. And so, and he's there for 35 years. See, if I'm going to, uh, if I'm going to do that, if I'm going to go work somewhere, I need everything to be based on a meritocracy, and that's why I have to be self-employed. You know, it sometimes I don't get paid for the for the eighteen-hour days, but sometimes I get paid a lot for a four-hour day. 
That's it, 100%. That's how I feel. That's, that's, I mean, that's, and that's what I like about Whitney. Whitney like, totally agrees. Like, some days we're like, she's like, man, where's where's the money at? Then the next day it's like, oh, wow, you're doing just fine. Never mind. Yeah, and there's no incentive for Greg to continue to make the same amount of money to make the dealership, you know, rich and for them to meet their goals. But he's not getting anywhere. But I felt like I learned what I had to learn. No, it's probably is a, you know, you know what you learned, you learned what not to do. You learn, you learn right. how, how not to treat people because if this all goes the way you guys are talking, I foresee in your, in your very near future, a need to have somebody else, you know, at least work under you as an underling to learn, you know, that Porter guy you're talking about or, uh, an apprentice or somebody that, that you can rely on to, to kind of, you know, come behind you and, and let you be the creative, you know, be the creative genius behind what you're doing and, and be the driving force and, you know, and lighten the load on Whitney a little bit. So she's not the only one babysitting you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I told him he's going to need a helper. He yeah. waits for my work break for me to hold something or do something with them. Cause he, he does need a helper. I think he'll get there quickly. Yeah. Well, I do think that you guys are on to an amazing start and I'm, I'm happy for both of you. I, I would really like to meet you guys someday. And, and I really think you, you should really look into, um, the, the, the Daytona, the Daytona week, even if you can't come for the whole time. Um, I will tell you that that is by and large, and I will always stick to this. The Daytona event in the spring has always been my favorite event. It will always be my favorite event. And I, I get to go to Sturgis every year. I'm, I'm very fortunate that I get to go to Sturgis every year. Um, but the Daytona event, there's just a different vibe about it because half of the country is under lock and key because of poor weather. And they get to come down to Daytona and cut loose a little bit. And it's fun. It's really, to me, more of a party than what, than what even Sturgis is. We're going to have to definitely take that under consideration and figure out how to do it. Yeah, there's a big com community of performance people, you know, performance twin guys that come down. And I'm telling you, the product that you're, the product that you're selling here is is fantastic. And I and I really think that it uh, it needs to be on a lot more bikes. And and hopefully we can pump it up here and uh, and get it to that point. I appreciate. it. Yeah, I have a new road glide I'm coming out with a new rear fender and side covers, and so I'll have the uh, front fender, side covers, and rear fender on it. Well, there you go, there you go. Well, so and I'll. I'll Go ahead. We all people to buy. You said something to me about pre-preg. Can you explain to me the difference? You know, you said you, you, you were talking about sending something to Greece and spending three thousand dollars and and not getting the outcome that you looked for. But can you can you walk somebody through like what you're what you mean by all that? Yeah, so I made a wrong phone call. I guess we'll call it a wrong phone call. I was just uh, searching the internet one day and I, uh, Italian performance design, which is Kirk Taylor, mm -hmm. and uh, he. Uh, do you know who that is? I do know who that is, yeah. Okay. All right, all right. Just making sure. All right, Kirk Taylor. So Kirk Taylor's a few hours away from me. I ended up uh, driving up to Kirk Taylor and uh, speaking with him for a few hours. And uh, he is the one who sat me down pretty much and taught me about uh, what's the difference because I wanted to know why it looked so bad. I wanted to know why the lines looked like the lines were going. They were wavy, uh, just going all opposite directions. It just looked bad. And so uh, he's the one who told me about uh, pre-preg comes in a bag. Pre-preg, it actually, uh, it gets an injection and it, it gets injected and it's then sucked and uh, then it uh, suctions and molds it that way. Okay. It's like a, um, it's like a tight vacuum seal. The other way is like a fiberglass and then it's they like hand they hand lay it and the, uh, they, it's like glued to the top. Okay. It's bad. 
<laughs> so like majority of the industry leaders are actually wet legs and that which is not real carbon fiber yeah that's like a it's like an overlay right so it's not quite yeah. as it's not quite as uh like a hydrographic i mean it does have some carbon fiber in it but it's not the ultra light what carbon fiber is is really meant to be correct correct i mean it's not what ferrari would put on their uh you know what i mean they wouldn't put that on their race car or anything like that they would definitely use prefrag nice now, that's why like a, a lot of this italians are coming out prefrag a lot of the italian guys like italian composites or carbon visionary carbon visionary or even dtf uh so they're all using prefrag and that's the good stuff that's what you have that's the good stuff yes sir that's the stuff because you can see all the lines everything's uh yeah it's all it's mul- it's made solid so like uh I'm not trying to hate or anything but so like right now uh you could go on his uh, on his page, and it says primer to uh, carbon parts. Well, you my my parts that I sell on the internet aren't even don't have zero. They have zero uh, clear. They're right out the bag, and they they they're raw carbon fiber, and I sell them uh, just like that. And people run them, or you could clear them. Right. So that's that's real carbon fiber. And, uh, and the real reason we did it in carbon fiber was for a budget reason so that you can get it and you can run it as is. The cost is not that much different I had fiberglass. I didn't know that carbon fiber would even be cool on a Harley any type of way at the time. I just knew that uh, I wanted this part on my bike and it was like $30 more piece per piece or something like that. And so I just said, go ahead and run it. Nice. And ours is painted solid. The white one that's on Greg's bike now, it's carbon fiber, but he's just painted it solid because we didn't really care for the solid look with that paint scheme. So... But the new road slide, I'm going to leave the uh, rear fender and the side covers and the front fender will all be carbon. I mean, it will all be show. I mean, they'll be like show quality, like a uh, like a clear coat on them and, and all that. Yeah, I'll have a, I'm going to add a little paint to it as well. Maybe a little paint uh, to the carbon, but it'll definitely have a carbon feel to it. I'm going to try to, uh, I didn't know exactly what I was doing when I was doing my road king. And truthfully, uh, I have a lot of time and, and people don't even uh care for it really i mean they just kind of laugh it is what it is looks like another bike so uh this one i'm going to try to do the fancy paint job with the carbon fiber and uh the black dlc coated tubes and stuff like that i love the i love the uh the moniker on your tank the the logo the Sousa cycles that's in the blue and the white on that white bike that thing is i really really like that it's uh it's it looks fun is the only way i would know how to describe it It looks it, it 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 tells me a little bit about your personality after talking to you here for the last hour and looking at your beautiful <laughs> wife here in this picture, I can see the big old smile on her face that you are a handful. You're fun, <laughs> but, uh, that, that bike's very cool. And I, and you know what? It, it, it screams the personality of your company. And, and I think you're going to do, I think you're going to find that you're going to be very overwhelmed very soon, uh, with a lot of orders and a lot of people that want to do, you're doing the things that people want to do, the mid controls, the, the carbon fiber, the, the really killer bracket for the FXR style fairing on the, on the 97 and up bikes. It's, it's fantastic, man. And, and I'm, I, I love talking to people that have as much enthusiasm as you guys do. It, it's, it's really, really refreshing, and I I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yeah, Blinky really captured Greg's personality and what he asked for. Greg literally showed him an old sweatshirt from Noise. He mentioned his favorite builder with the font and then showed him our logo and everything that he likes, and he really captured that. So Blinky's a great artist here in the Bay Area. And and how yeah, come how come you don't have any shirts on your on your website? 
hey, that's my fault. I'm going to get in trouble. Greg just told me that the other day. We had them and they didn't sell. <laughs> I've had all this. I've had the hats. I've had the shirts. Um, in the very beginning, when we only had side covers, we had some shirts, but it's been a while. So I think it's yeah, time to. I'm putting an order in right now. I want a white Sousa Cycles. I want that logo that's on your tank. I want that on a, on a T-shirt and an XL. <laughs> Yeah, we're looking at digitizing that logo because I want that to be our new logo, too. That's what I think. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. Well, listen, I wish you guys an immense amount of luck. I love talking to people that are as enthusiastic as you guys are. And, uh, man, this is this is cool. I, I really I want to find a way to get your ass to Daytona for, for the spring meet. We've got we've got some time here. I mean, if you started walking now, you would make it to Daytona. So if you at least rode your bike, you'd make it here if you left a, a week ahead of time. <laughs> I don't think that 2000 will make it that's too old. Well, I don't know if you would that time of year either, because you, most of the trip you'd have coming over the Rockies, you'd freeze your ass off and probably wouldn't be able to get, you have to put snow tires on that thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, I actually love uh, that 2000 has a T-Man motor and uh, I love T-Man stuff. But ever since I learned about T-Man stuff, uh, I, I don't think I'll ever go back to anything else. Well, nice. I, re I recommend T-Man about motors. T-Man T -Man definitely knows what he's doing. So if you're in the Modesto area, get a hold of Greg and Whitney at Sousa Cycles. You can follow them uh, online at SousaCycles.com. What is your, in, let's see, what's your Instagram handle here? Let's put that out there as well. Is that just Sousa Cycles, is it not? Yep. yep. Sousa Cycles, S-O-U-Z-A-S Cycles, at Sousa Cycles. Man, this is awesome. I really thank you, you guys a, a ton for doing this. And and I was serious about that stuff. I mean, the, these 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 products have to get out into the into the general public so people know that uh, you guys are doing some cool things in NorCal there. And, and I wish you guys all the best of luck and keep in touch with me, please. Too, I'd love to have you back on at some time. Definitely. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, man. You guys have a great evening. Keep up all the great work, and uh, we'll we'll get in touch. All right, thank thank you. you. All right, have a great night.